You want to open with a knock-knock joke? Sure. You start it. Okay. Knock-knock. Who's there? Doctor. <laughs> Come in, I've been waiting. My wife is dying. <clears throat> Excellent. <laughs> Show me to her bedroom. <laughs> Leave us alone, please. I'll be done in five minutes. <laughs> it takes me four to get dressed. <laughs> and 30 seconds to get undressed. what i'm doing for the first time in a while um he's looking for a joke he's looking for a joke he's looking he's looking well i was trying to think of something that was l slightly less off color than our last joke and i couldn't think of anything <laughs> no it would have to be the same level yeah <laughs> Well, I'll spoil it. Okay. I am actually having a drink this morning. It's the first time in a while. Ooh, but why would you be doing that? Well, as you see, and you may not have been informed about this yet, person whose name I have yet to disclose, <clears throat> but it's because we're currently doing a podcast called the Super Whiskey Brothers Podcast, in which it involves things that we wish to talk about, whatever those things happen, stance may be, where mostly when we do them, we try to drink whiskey. Ah, well, that is that sounds like a fantastic thing to be doing. Uh, I will not be drinking whiskey today because as an adult, I can drink whatever I want. Also, as an adult, I, um, uh, I don't have extra money to buy whiskey this week. So I will be drinking some, here in just a few minutes, we'll be drinking some War Poet coffee with uh, a heaping scoop of War Poet coffee in the coffee pot. A heaping scoop? A heaping as an scoop. Adult. As an adult, I already made that decision at 6 a.m. my time this morning, which was 5 a.m. your time, and I've already had a cup of coffee. It was not Warrior Poe coffee, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately. but still. But, yeah, <clears throat> I am, uh, <clears throat> uh, I, and the, the reason why I had to describe exactly how that pot of coffee was made is because my wife came in here asking how to make a pot of coffee, asking how many scoops went into it, and I couldn't break from the middle of your dialogue to tell her. So I figured if I told you right after your dialogue, she would also hear. <laughs> Are you making an entire pot of coffee? Uh, not like an entire pot. Cause it's like a 12 cup pot and we usually make six cups. Uh, cause so it's a half pot. Yeah. Cause three so cups or four scoops. Uh, uh, well, I, I would have loved that, but this coffee is too expensive to like that. So what I what we do and, and also our scoop is pretty big too. But we um uh uh the the mugs that we use hold three of what our coffee pot hold, calls cups. <clears throat> and so okay. it's um uh it's a good so You're time. saying it's a cluster. Huh? Yeah. So yeah. You're saying it's a cluster, yes. Yeah, it's like a um, uh, it's, it's it's like a chicken who doesn't know what to do. Right. It's a a flustered cluck. Yeah, I <laughs> I am at all times running like a chicken who does not know what to do. Yeah. It's also very similar to a fish or any other animal who does not know what to do. 
Yes, except fish tend to run slightly differently. It's more of a flop. Oh. Well, but this has been a disastrous start. It has been. But let the record show that this episode is being recorded on Saturday, June 25th, 2022. 2022. And this has been a great week. Like, we need to talk about that before we get into our topic. We had, on Thursday, we had New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. And then on Friday, just yesterday, we had Dobbs v. Women's, Jackson Women's Health Association. And those were the two most significant, most amazing Supreme Court cases of our lifetime so far. Mine and yours. Mm-hmm. It's been a bit of a doubleheader week, hasn't it? Yeah. It did give rise to my favorite headline I've ever seen of all time, which, coincidentally enough, was a, technically a fake headline considering mm-hmm. what it was. But yes. uh, I believe it was um, Roe v. Wade aborted in its 198th trimester. That was it. <laughs> Although, which is the single funniest thing I've ever read. Although, I, 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 have, to, I have to say this, though. Because I couldn't help but notice this. Um, uh, we got the ruling on uh, New York v. Bruin. And that ruling said, uh, every person has the right, every innocent person has the right to prevent others from murdering. In its essence. Yeah, and the left got mad. Then on Friday... Uh, Dobbs v. Jackson, it said, the individual does not have the right to murder an innocent person. And the left got mad. What is it with the left and their murdering innocent persons fetish? <laughs> Are we about to turn this into a political episode? <laughs> no, we're, 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 we're done now, unless you want to keep going on that. But no, we're talking about part five of the uh, uh, Way of Kings. The first being the first book in the Stormlight Archive. Brandon Sanderson would love the conversation that we're having right now before we talk about his book. Yeah, would he though? <laughs> no, he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't at all. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't at all. Anyways. Yeah, it's because it's because of Brandon Sanderson that I cannot call Mormon. Because of Brandon Sanderson specifically. Uh, I, oh, there, there's that whole um, uh, uh, Mormon thing. Oh, I was, I was gonna say w- William uh, Taft. No, the guy who started the whole deal. I don't remember. Brant Branham. William Branham. William William Branham. Was that his name? That, that wasn't you his name. Who am I thinking, thinking of? of? A very different person, sir. Yeah, I'm thinking of somebody. Else. How yeah. dare you speak of William Bram in the same sentence as a Mormon? <laughs> Can't think of his How name. How dare you? <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Oh, you the, need to Google William Branham before you, you before you wreck yourself, sir. I know who no I I, I know who William Branham is. But uh, my name no, well is somebody, no, no, but that's just the name that popped in my head. So not Joseph Smith, even though he's the guy that started it. There's another guy, the big guy, 
Like Joseph re- Smith was the one. I thought Joseph Smith was the um. Uh, jo- Joseph Smith um, was the original person that started. Mormonism. I'm getting him confused with the guy who started Scientology. But, I mean, same thing. Who cares? Yeah, there, there's another guy, and and, and like, the, is a similar, a similar name to Branham, Brigham Young. <clears throat> Brigham Young. That's who I was thinking of. See, the, the, now you know why my mind went that direction. Like, no, I know it wasn't William Branham. I like William. I liked William Branham. <laughs> like he's been dead for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know that doesn't stop me from having previously liked him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh. Anyways, <clears throat> well, we had this talk. Not really. I'm. I, I'm actually not. But you know. And also, though, I was. I got William Branham confused with Flagler on horseback. No, I. I am. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I. I was. I got William Branner. William Branham confused with David Brainerd. Dave, David Brainerd, I like a lot as a person, but boy, do I hate reading his books. They're boring. But not not just boring. Like I've I've never wanted to kill myself so badly when I oh, pick yeah. up his stuff. Dude, you know, the most depressing. Everything was so depressing. Like I don't know that I would have kept going, bud. <laughs> we got to talk about this book. Yeah. So, um. Uh, I, I guess I guess I'll give the the unreasonably stupid short synopsis. No, oh, we didn't even do that last time. Yeah, yeah, we've completely forgot. But yeah, I I, I shall give it. Here we go. <clears throat> I am. Uh... So it starts with Jalon, and she's laying in bed, and she's thinking, "Boy, I sure miss Yasna." Even though I just saw her, you know, like last night. I I miss her dearly. Uh, if only I hadn't stolen that thing from her. Hey, you remember earlier? I saw her. I saw her. Um, uh, soul casting. Hmm, that's weird. I thought for sure I had stolen that from her. Wait, I did steal it from her. And then so she goes to confront Yasna and say, Yasna, I stole that thing from you. She said, yes. She said, I just thought you'd want to know that. And she said, okay, we'll go away. She said, but, but I, I can do that. I, I can, I can soul cast stuff like you can. She said, no, you can't go away. And she drew her a picture. She said, hmm, because you can draw pictures, I believe you can also soul cast like me. And so she took her back as her ward. <clears throat> um, uh, you know, Yasna, who hates drawing, pic- who hates having pictures drawn because of a picture, uh, believes. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. It was such a, such a weird thing. But, um, uh. And so she goes in, um, uh, uh, and now they're, they're, they're hanging out, and then uh, literally nothing else interesting happens the rest of the time, even though the, they, they talk again. So I'm going to ignore those two again for the rest of the, for the, rest of the bit. Um, uh, oh, there is one more thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll say that later. Uh, and so we go back to Kaladin, and Kaladin goes and he meets Dalinar, and he says, So, Dalinar, what's the plan? 
And he said, the plan is anybody who wants to uh, work for me can work for me. And anybody who doesn't want to work for me, uh, I will give them money and send them on their way. And uh, Kaladin said, okay, sounds good. I like that plan. Um, uh, he said, so which will you do that I'll work for you as long as you put me in charge? And Dalinar said, done. Will, you, will your men work for me? He said, yes, they will. They'll follow me anywhere. He said, okay, well then let them know. Uh, when they start. He said, hold on, Dal Dalinar. First, I have to ask them if they're going to work for you. And he said, but I thought you said they were going to work for me. But yes, they will. Okay, well then go tell them. He said, I have to ask them first. He said, okay. Uh, so will they or won't they? And Calden said, yes. And so they, uh, so he went to ask them what was going on. And um, uh, said, hey, uh, do you guys want to you guys want to work for Dalinar? They said, eh, okay. And so they decided to work for Dalinar. Um, uh, and then, um, uh, now, Dalinar had already beat the crap out of, uh, yes. Elicar. Okay. So then, um, uh, uh, then he goes to talk to God again. Uh, Dalinar does. And he says, hey, Hey, why'd you lie to me? And the guy doesn't answer him. He said, hey, I'm talking to you. And then um, uh, uh, God looks at him and says, hello, handsome. This is a recording. Dalinar said, crap, this whole time. And so they, um, uh, uh, they go away. And then we go to Wit. And Wit says, hmm, we, um, uh, uh, we need to hang out here and talk about stupidity for a little bit. And the guardsman said, but, uh, he said, you heard me. And so they, then a guy shows up and he says, huh, what day is it? And then he collapses and dies. And, uh, he's a herald and Wit goes, huh, you're too late, doc. And, um, uh, then, uh, you know, go back to the other, the last thing from, from Shalon where they said, what? The void bringers are the parchment. Ha ha. That's ridiculous. And that's, that's the whole that was the longest, qu quick breakdown we've ever done, and it was, it was over the, the shortest, shortest thing. thing we've ever covered. <laughs> How's that work? Uh, okay. So, so this is like you said. Like we said, this is the end of of book one, and the the first thing you mentioned is also. It, 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 I think this is probably. This is one of the most exciting sections of the book uh, for mm -hmm. me. I love the wrap-ups. Um, it's the first time I was ever jacked about the story with Shallan the entire time. Uh, because I really, I, I can't stand her. I know there's a ton of times where we've been talking about this book, but I can't stand Shallan. Mm -hmm. um, so, it's the first time I've ever been excited about what's happening with her character. So mm -hmm. she actually gets some big reveal reveals. We get more of this story about Yasna. We, I mean, we learned some more stuff about her. We get to see that her character, excuse me, the Shalon's character is going to be something potentially interesting in mm -hmm. the next book. We discover the things that she's going to be able to be interacting with and that are going to be giving her her powers. So the opening is actually very cool for me because I actually, this is the first time I sat down and I was like, oh, I actually like her right now haven't yet 
Oh, hold that thought. I smell coffee. When everything's done, I'm going to pour myself a cup. The best part of waking up is doing it in the bud. All this kind of stuff over here, and he comes back and he goes and makes a cup of coffee. And when he goes and gets a cup of coffee, we going to quit talking about the book that we're reading because after his book, we're going to have a cup of coffee. Future Sean is going to be editing this out. Don't do it. Leave it in. Let people embrace the silence, the seconds of silence, the seconds of really bad jokes, the bad cutaway we just made, the droning I'm doing right now. Leave it in. Leave it all in. Embrace it. The best part of waking up, taking it in the butt. Ah, uh, yes, I miss Catholic school. What? Spider? Okay. Let's do this. All right. So anyways, what was the last thing that we had said? You're interested in Shalon now. For the first time. <clears throat> Let's talk about, Tyler, why you're interested in a 16-year-old. Oh, there are so many reasons. But not that reason. She's too old. Um, for signing up for primary school. My goodness, guys. So, her character sucks. Um, and this is the first time that she's felt like a character I gave a crap about as a person. Her interaction with Shalon was the was the best interaction she's had the entire book. She is Shalon. She, uh, uh, let me let me let, let let me talk, you idiot. Um, <laughs> um, she has the only positive feeling interaction. Um, the first time she's ever actually stepped up and said some stuff without looking like, without being a I don't know, person I hate. I don't even feel like describing it. I just can't stand her. This interaction was great. Um, the, the the reveal is pretty great because I didn't figure it out before Shalon's making the, the reader figure it out. So it was a good reveal. Um, the way she proves to Yasna that she, all the stuff she's saying is legit is pretty cool. Um, the reveal that she killed her dad Mm -hmm. pretty intense because obviously they gave you no way to even make a guess about any of that stuff leading up into it so it's a pretty hard hammer to drop on the reader yeah so that's pretty cool um yeah it's a really really intense moment uh for her character and it's all the way at the end of the book which i mean like i say that like reveals don't happen at the end of the book but i mean like Mm -hmm. i couldn't stand her until the end of the book and i'm like okay i'm officially interested in at least reading more about what she's doing because i was not up until this point yeah Putting a reveal, by the way, at the end of a book when there's still more story to come is like at the end of like a a book early on in a series or something like that is perfectly okay. I have read books where the where they had some crazy reveal at the end. And it just 
But oh, that was weird. Everything just got Brooke unplugged her headphones from the splitter, and everything just got like substantially loud. That was wild. Wow. Yeah, I mean that that wouldn't have affected you any because not at all. Yeah, because uh, the, the, I have a uh, my headphones are plugged into the monitor, not the actual output. So you wouldn't have heard that difference at all. But, I didn't. But still, um, uh, yeah, mm-hmm, but, but still. yeah, but I, I have read books where there was this, you know, big twist reveal, like on the last couple pages, and that big twist reveal is how they wrapped up the story, and it that's always ridiculous when that happens. But in cases like this, I don't, I don't hate. <clears throat> I'm glad we had this talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, other than it's okay to have a reveal at the end of a book as long as the story isn't over. If you end your story with a reveal, you're gay. I don't mind it. I mean, like, I really don't. Because, I mean, he has several... I think every single character, except for... Hmm. um. Dalinar gets a big reveal. Yeah. Oh no, that's uh, what I was saying. I was saying reveal. in this case it is okay because the sto- the book is over, but the story isn't. I'm saying if you end the story with a reveal. Oh no. I mean, but very few people do that. Technically speaking, I mean, like the entire story, like because I mean, most stories that are long enough and important enough to have a reveal mm-hmm. have to have a big. They have to have a big wrap up at the end. So I mean, you usually have like a hundred pages of putting people where they need to be after a reveal. So that. I mean, that's never something that I really worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I saying? Oh, um, but yeah, we we get um, we get Dalinar's big reveal, uh, which is pretty pretty darn intense. Uh, just because we have a moment as the reader where we get to look all the way back at some of the assumptions that he's made and some of the things that he's done <clears throat> that were revolving around doing what the things in this uh, in these visions were telling him to do. Only for him to find out, oh, they weren't necessarily telling him to do any of the stuff he thought he was being told to do. Because he got set up for his big betrayal because he thought he was listening to this entity. And uh, I mean, he was listening to the entity, but the entity wasn't talking to him. Mm-hmm. Like hearing someone talk at the other end of a restaurant being like, I'll do whatever you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah, no, I, I, I really like that because, like, you know, there was, he had, you know, the, this, this fellow, uh, or Hollem had a way of, um, uh, uh, or Hollem is the, uh, uh, that's the god character in, um, uh, uh, Brent Week. Um, uh, <clears throat> but this, uh, yeah, but, but this fellow, this fellow ain't dead. He has a, uh, yeah, please, dead. That's not good at all. Oh, poop. Um, uh... <clears throat> but I know not a tucked in me. Um, uh... Oh, you tucked in me shirt. <clears throat> we, um, uh... Are thinking... About... No, um... Yeah, but this, the, this... This god character had a way of, you know... Transmitting... So... <clears throat> okay, so... So, he, he, here's here's what confuses me a little bit and that's this like odium is the person who uh according to the god person killed him correct odium is the one who is like 
you know, in charge of these storms and he's the god of the Parshendi and stuff like that. Or at least he has something to do with them somehow. Um, uh, he's, he's the one that enables them to take on their separate forms, like the Parshendi versus the Parshmand and blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, and so I really have, and this is something that hopefully maybe gets revealed in the second book. Um, uh, or further on, I don't know. Um, uh, how on earth, if Odium is the bad guy who is, you know, causing the high storms to come more frequently and is bringing the great desolation and the everstorm and the, all this stuff, um, uh, <clears throat> and is the evil, you know, the, the evil spren like storm creature that Kaladin saw and was afraid of uh, at this other point. Um, uh, I think it was Kaladin that saw I don't remember. But um, uh, if that is if that is odium, um, uh, then why is then how is it? That, and he's that kind of powerful. Then how is it that the high storms bring about these visions that the Almighty supposedly recorded? That, probably because of all the energy in them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, but you 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 you'd think I don't know. Th- th- this is just me that you know this guy is like I'm so powerful that I'm going to kill this guy. And or you know whatever it is that I that I do, I will destroy him, and then take this you know push it. So the only other so the only thing I can think. So you know I said before that I thought maybe Wit was the Almighty, and that would have been a cool character thing. If I honestly had to take a complete, true, genuine guess, Wit is one of the heralds, and um. Uh, not the Almighty, he's one of the Heralds. And Odium and the Almighty are the same thing. So it's like like two sides of the same coin, kind of. Um, uh, like uh, Titus and Sin, or uh, Ezra and the Monster, uh, the Wolf mo- Ezra and the Wolf Monster, or it's like it's the, it's the same person. Or um, like that Disney cartoon. Uh, the cool girl and the lava girl. Uh, that... Shark boy and lava girl. No, no, no. The that Disney cartoon that just came out a couple years ago with uh Tamara Morrison in it, um, and Dwayne Johnson, and Tamara Morrison. Oh, uh, uh, Moana. Yeah, like there's the there there's the evil lava I get lady. What you're saying. It's the same, but like the the evil person is yeah. actually a good person. Yeah, and like so, Odium and the Almighty. This, this is my official guess. Odium and Almighty are the same thing. When I said Odium has killed me, Odium, this side of me has taken over, but I'm still I'm still myself in here. So I'm coming through, bringing destruction and killing because I'm evil, but also. The other side of me is still there, so I and you can see this, and I'm bringing back the Knights Radiant, and I'm doing this and this to so you can put a stop to me and bring me back, kind of thing. So I, so I'll, I'll, I don't necessarily <clears throat> think mm-hmm. that Wit is going to be end up being the Almighty. Yeah. But I would love Harvey wants me wants to make that my guess just because I would love it so much. Yeah. Um 
So I'm kind of torn. That's what I want to see happen. I just mm-hmm. do not think it will. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I think you're probably right. He's probably one of the heralds, someone who's ex- extremely powerful and in hiding, but not necessarily the creator of the universe. But I'm going to make my official guess to be different from you and to be honestly the way that I want it to be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that Wit is the Almighty. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that the person doling out these visions um, and Odium are going to be... I don't even want to say two different entities because I have a very, very strong feeling that they're going to... He, he, the way that he seems to be approaching um, the concept of religion in these books uh-huh. and the direction that I feel like he's going to take it, I, I kind of feel like it's going to be more abstract than that. I, I, I have a hard time believing there's actually going to be an entity um, that he's referring to that Odium has killed me. It's going to be, I feel like he's going to think he's being more poetic by making Odium be, 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 more, be a lot more abstract, be a lot more of a concept as opposed to an actual entity because then we can go back and think about, ah, this, uh, this entity is dead because Odium killed it. But Odium isn't a person. It's a thing that we've, it's the friends we made away, along the way all along. Um, it's going to be something like, it's going to be something like, like that. That's just what I, what I want to predict that. And now uh, Dalinar's going to die. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <clears throat> well, cause, cause Zeth is going after him, right? Yes, exactly. He's going to die. Uh, <clears throat> um, yeah. Oh, don't worry. Zeth and Dalinar will meet in, You've already told me about that, and um, uh, I, I have zero belief that it happens relatively early, correct? Um, well, it has to, because I've just barely, I just barely made any progress in it before I decided to stop reading it and uh, only read as we <laughs> went along. So I'm going to make a quick prediction here. Obviously, mm-hmm. in part four, not in part five, which is the part we're talking about now, mm-hmm. we do get the reveal that Zeth is being um, technically commanded by uh, it's the king that Yasna and, and um, uh, Shalon are interacting correct. Yeah, so it's Teravangian. Um, so we are currently, he is currently being controlled by him and the, the last command that we get to hear him give is that he needs to go kill Dalinar Colin, uh mm-hmm. our resident perfect character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's a, something that he's going to accomplish <clears throat> At all. Uh, I, I think Dalinar's going to die. Um, he might even die in the second book. I'll allow that. But I don't think Zed is going to be the one to kill him. I don't think he's going to be able to. It's going to happen some other way. Oh, Zeth's pretty cool. Zeth is quite cool. He's one of the coolest. Uh, he is a runner-up to Dalinar Kowes. <laughs> and I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not doing the fanboy thing where I'm making my prediction based off of which character I like the most. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. from... He's writing this, and he's writing this to be interesting and to be good and story-driven. There's going to be something where they discover Zeth, they realize what's wrong with Zeth, what Zeth is, and they're going to try to find a way to release him from his thing, and they're going to find that way, and after they find that way, Dalinar's going to die, and Zeth's going to be like, no! And then the book three. Well, I imagine if they found a way to release Zeth from his Oath Stone, he would probably kill him. That, that's absolutely my guess. Just because of how bad he hates being alive. 
he, he does hate being alive and mm-hmm. I don't blame him and I get it. Um, but I think that what he's going to have to go through to get to that point, he's going to end up, he's going to end up living and fighting for humanity. That's just too much of a, mm-hmm. of the way Brendan Sanderson writes these characters. Yeah. Um, he, he just does it so much. I mean, like he just, he loves doing that. It's like mm-hmm. everything he's technically writing is, the main emotion he wants to portray seems like it's hope all the time. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah I, that's one thing that I that I that I don't like about, him, and that's this: everything about his writing is nothing but hopeful. Everything that his characters exhibit is nothing but despair, and I don't see how he he's able to reconcile. I mean, he does he doesn't <laughs> do bad, but he bad with that aspect of it. But he's constantly trying to reconcile writing hope into nothing but despair and you you, yeah. you 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 can't have you can't go from just complete despair to being hopeful you know or, or i mean at the same time i mean you can go from one to the other but you can't have it at the same time it's either you know you can be mostly you know disparaging but then <laughs> a little bit but then there's still you still feel some hope but you, you can't like everyone's just I have nothing but despair, and then they said, but he still had hope, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I, that is pretty much like the thing. It's and I get that on one hand, as an author, you're <laughs> trying to put forth emotions. You're trying to put forth emotions that are going to keep people involved. Um, if so like when you're reading a Lovecraft story, mm-hmm. it's all despair, no hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's great because yeah. the entire story that he's trying to put across is one of the, the point of Lovecraft is everything is meaningless. Um, there you go. Nihilism at its finest. And that's what it is. And Sanderson, like you just said, is, is approaching it from this. Here's how terrible everything is. Insurmountable odds, and we all have hope, and we're going to make it through, which is pretty common. I mean, but he writes, like you said, like he he's writing that part in so deeply hmm. about the, the. I mean, if you if you if you're following, I mean, the only thing that keeps you attached to that that's driving Yasna is everything's going to go terrible unless I succeed, and then I don't succeed, and then the last minute is like. A whole new life and a whole new thing and a whole new everything. Like, okay, well, I guess you're going to keep me interested a little while longer while she discovers this stuff. And then um, if you look at... Nope, nope, brain fart. Big brain fart. Our other main character, Kaladin. not Dalinar. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Kaladin's character is just abysmal. What an mm-hmm. abysmal backstory. What an abysmal story leading up to the front. It's just like, how many things can go wrong before something goes right? Oh, everything until the very end of the book when something goes right. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, that's it's it's like it's 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 the same thing. Um, uh, like you see this in in cartoons where you have these these characters that like the the narrator is just you know like the, the characters are aware of what's going on and the narrator is always subverting them. <laughs> it's like like man, it's like I I I have I have this going on and and this is a. But hey, I'm still happy. You know, at least it's not raining. And then, then you hear the narrator's voice, and then it began to rain. <laughs> but it was raining. Or, or like, or like the Stanley uh, Parable. Y- yeah. Yes. This is very much the Stanley Parable. Um, yeah, uh, that's, that's what exactly, I was thinking. Yeah. Um, uh, I was. I was also reminded of um. Uh, 
of uh, uh, Dave the Barbarian when they when the narrator got <laughs> sick and they had to get a new narrator. And so it was like, and, and so, so and he, the narrator changes everything, turns into like a space story and everything. And it's like, Man, this isn't what we're used to at all. So, and then, and then I um, uh, said, wait, but what if, what if this narrator doesn't have us win? He, the narrator always has us win. And Chuckles goes, yeah, I could win this time. The narrator leans in and said, in this episode, Chuckles, the evil space piggy gets beat like a cheap drum. It's it's one of the yeah it's one of the funniest moments in cartoon history. Um, I can't believe they canceled that show. By the uh. way, um, first of all, fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I I mean, it's the reason why I do. Uh, we'll circle back and pretend like we're mm-hmm. on track here. We'll circle back to the reason why we start talking about this. It's the reason mm-hmm. why I believe that Zet is going to be a come around character. He, he has a awful terrible existence that he hates and wishes would end all the time so i don't know what is going to bring about the change in him that's going to make him not wish to unalive himself mm-hmm. um but he's not going to he's going to go around living for something um and honestly the way they're building it up we're, 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 we're gonna have to run into some uh some self-sacrifice situation right and i mean the obvious layup character we think of is um probably dalinar mm-hmm um, that seems like a layup. Do some big, brave, bold thing because he already almost did right in the in the betrayal, battle of the betrayal. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that Zeth is going to be that character because we're going to be learning. That's going to be his big life lesson: is how to keep on living with himself because he would love to sacrifice himself to do something good. Right? He doesn't want to live anymore. <clears throat> so we're going to take that away from him. I'm even going to go one further with my prediction there. Um, there's going to be the situation. He might even go for it. And then, like, he's going to have to live with the guilt of I don't want to be alive, and yet someone else still sacrificed himself for me. I'm going, I'm going that deep into how how I think the story is going to go. Mm-hmm. I think it could very easily, you know, like you know, make you know, turn turn Zeth into like you know, get rid of the Oath Stone, and a must. Now he does, and then, but uh, go go towards the allow him to be self sacrificial. So like now he he has that moment where. He has the satisfaction of doing something good, um, uh, of having been able to sacrifice himself for that, and now he, and, he, and also on top of all that, he gets to die. I could see it going that way because that would be the ultimate pleasant ending for that character: be to save someone and die. It would be the ultimate pleasant ending for the character. But my sole reason for taking a slightly different avenue than you mm-hmm. is because I don't. I think that Sanderson's going to make him keep existing. And make him go live and learn other life lessons that he hasn't figured out because of how despairing he is. That's just that's just what I think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're describing is also a very very um, would also be a good ending for the character. Don't get me wrong, but because mm-hmm. it's perfect, I don't think it'll happen. And it could also be. Um, uh, I could honestly, I could see both happening. Like it starts off your way, like he can't die. He has he does all these other stuff, and then he comes to terms with everything. And then once he no longer actively wants to die, because I mean, obviously he's still gonna, always going to be of the opinion of I did all this stuff and I deserve to die. You know, you there's you know you can't shake that opinion when 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 you do stuff like like he was forced. But um, uh, he no longer like okay, I'm okay with living now. Like I know I deserve death, but you know there's other stuff that I can be doing. And then he'll have the opportunity at that point to sacrifice himself for somebody. Uh, I think, honestly, I think that is the most likely 
splitting the difference between. I, I'm uh, not to keep talking about, it, but I will say I think the same line, but directly opposite result. I think mm-hmm. he's going to to be able to sacrifice himself. I think he's going to make the decision to, and I think it's going to be taken from him to some degree because it's going to be like uh, I, I, he's he's they're going to someone who is going to end up being less useful than him is going to sacrifice themselves for him because they want him to continue being useful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be too, if it happens in the next book or two, it's going to be too early to uh, to give it to our boy Kaladin because I think he's going to be useful longer. I think to make it hurt even more, you know, I'm going to go and make a big prediction. I think Dalinar is going to sacrifice himself for Zeth. I'm going to get specific. I feel like that's too specific, and I shouldn't have gone that specific because now I've, I've walked away from all the abstract um, predictions we're making. But I think that's going to hit the characters hard. I think it's going to hit the reader hard. And I think it's going to make Zeth hate himself a little bit more for a, a, a length of time. Down our Colin sacrifices himself for Zeth. Social prediction. Tyler, we've Sean. been talking about something that uh, people didn't realize what we were talking about. Because you and I both thought this was in part four, but I just opened this up. And this is part five, I think. Hold on. Did I skip ahead? Maybe I skipped ahead in this part. Okay, yeah, th- th- this is in part five. Um, uh, Zeth's conversation with Teravangian is in part five. It's not? It's, it, it is in part five. It's the second chapter of part five. <clears throat> it's not the first chapter? Oh yeah, my goodness. Yeah, I, okay, I, wonderful. I, thought, I thought it was the last chapter of part four. It's the first chapter of, the second chapter of part five. So yeah. I, so, thought, I thought the same. Yeah. <laughs> okay, hey guys, uh, so we, we just completely left off talking about this because we thought we talked about it last week. Um, uh, let's talk about Teravangian and Zeth. Let's talk. <laughs> that was um top three moments for the mm-hmm. whole book mm-hmm. easily yeah um it's a now obviously you don't give enough of a crap about Teravangian. i mean like he he's here and there but they just it's just enough to give you the impression like oh what a great guy mm-hmm. what a really what a really great guy so mm-hmm. the king Teravangian, you think that he's going to be this this calm loving grandfatherly kind of character that's kind of he actually tries to do everything to save his granddaughter so i mean pretty mm-hmm. grandfatherly yeah um and then the big reveal is that zeth's final kill on his list uh mm-hmm. he goes down to confront and kill this person deliver a message before he completes the kill and the king reveals oh by the way don't kill me because it was me who gave you the order to kill me and here's all the things you're going to be killing from now on by the way i'm the most evil person mm-hmm. <clears throat> while still being Phenomenal. an extremely kind person this is true, and I, I do love a good dichotomy character. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. It's a bit of a layup to do it because you pretty much, as a writer, you're just writing a character like that in so that you can have the moral ambiguity. I mean, it's why you always have the bad guy who says some really profound stuff about why he's doing what he's doing. And everyone's like, maybe he's a bad guy. He's right. That's all the only reason why you have a character like Teravangian, but this is one of the best ways I've seen it done. Yeah, Teravangian is the best, one of the best examples I've ever seen of if the truly good man for truly good reasons does truly horribly evil things, is he still a good man? Yeah, and so many people try to pull this off, and mm-hmm. nearly everyone fails. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least makes it very lackluster and like make you wanting more in some way. This is mm-hmm. perfect. This so is perfect, because I still think Teravangian's a good man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm super jacked. Yeah, because like 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 the, the the whole thing is like 
these people, like, you know, we had to kill these people so we could do, you know, have this, this and this and this because we need to hear what they're saying to save the world. But, but also, but I can't, you know, like, like, you know, why would I tell my people to kill all these people and, you know, keep myself clean? So therefore, I killed some of these people myself just so I wouldn't have it on my conscience of telling them to do something I wouldn't do. So I killed people for that reason. And it's like, well... Are you are you the most evil character in the book, or are you you know like second yeah, only to Dalinar? Best yeah, he said, "Well, yeah, I'll take that back." Second to Dalinar. Yeah, yeah he's like, "Oh, that's like so you you're hiring me to do all of your dirty work." He's like, "Yeah, except for that, I've been killing all these guys." So like, oh, well, then never mind. Yeah. Oh, by by the way, it's hinted at. It's hinted at, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you. You know who the single most evil person you've come across, uh, human being you've come across so far, in the book is. I want you to take a guess, and I'm going to tell you who it is. Um, because uh, it's it's hinted at, so it's not a spoiler for you to know this. But I I want to see if you'll guess who it is. The single most evil the single person. Most evil person that you've come across. Is it is it one of the people that have gotten a fair bit of uh, we'll say screen time? Uh, they they've gotten enough that you know who they are. They're they they're they're. they're uh, they are either a main character or a secondary character or possibly a tertiary character at this point. But they are, you know, I'll, I'll say you have, it, they, it could be someone that has had lots and lots of screen time. It could be someone who's had just enough for you to know who they are, but I guarantee you know who the person is. Well, it's not the king because he's a bit too simple, I think. Yeah. Um, that's, I wouldn't guess him. You mean Elokar, is that who you're thinking? Or who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we were just talking about Teravangian, so I didn't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, I think he's too simple mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> to be an evil character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'd be a really cool reveal to be one of Dalinar's sons. Mm-hmm. So, without doing too much more thinking, to sit here and prolong some big train of thought I don't want to have and for the sake of just having it, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say. The disabled son. Mm. Uh, I, well, I was going to say, if one of Dalinar's sons turned out to be evil, it would have to be Renarin, because that would just be that. That would actually be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that's my that's my thought as well. Yeah, but no, the most evil person, most truly evil person that has a human being that has showed up in the book so far, Amaram. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> He he does he does a, a, a without be having you know there's so there there's some stuff that's beyond even what I've read so there can be no spoilers that really I can give uh, that I've heard like hints and clues about without knowing what it is enough knowing that stuff happens but I have no idea what it could possibly be but like it, he so it's it, it was brought up that he was in the war camp that he had just arrived in Sadius's camp. Sure. Uh, he hangs out there for a while and you like you tr- you find out like just how truly screwed up this guy is and it's fantastic. Okay. Um <clears throat> so worst human being just ever. To, yeah. Just just to wreck it, just to um um to recap mm-hmm. for the people listening, Amaram is in fact the person who um was Kaladin's original commander that Kaladin loved that murdered all of his men to take the shard um the shard blade plate whatever yeah. that Calvin mm-hmm. won when he killed the shard bearer <clears throat> that we only find about in later flashbacks in part three correct uh i don't I can't remember if it was as far as part three but yes yeah yeah uh-huh. 
it, 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 I'm yeah. pretty I'm pretty confident in saying it's it, part three. Either way, it was earlier in this book. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd, I'd be okay with that. I mean, he does something that's relatively evil. Um, but obviously this book deals with a lot of non-absolutes when it comes to good and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe, I truly believe that his was one of the non-absolutes for evil in what he's done so far in killing all of Kaladin's men. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I take the, um, that's more of the Gestapo mm-hmm. approach. Um, yeah. <laughs> which now, now it sounds like I'm siding with the Gestapo after making this next statement. But I do get where he's coming from in doing what he did um, in killing all of Calvin's men as the witnesses because they need because he's like the people need to believe that I didn't do something wrong to have this because they need to see me as this thing. So you almost get the idea that he's doing it from a place of well-meaning in a way. Um. Now, it's extreme, and I don't necessarily, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I can be empathetic to the concept. I mean, if you're someone who's like, okay, well, I'll make a parallel here to um, one of my favorite Game of Thrones characters, which is um, Varys. Um, he does a lot of very <coughs> of things that seem very evil throughout the story, in the books and in the show both. Mm-hmm. But he is what he is possibly one of the only, if not the only character who has only ever done everything he has done for the good of the people at large. Uh, Sean and... Bean. What? Sean Bean. No, you can't even take his character because he does everything for specifically like to, to make sure the interests of the people of his area. Mm-hmm. I'm not making a distinction here to say if Sean Bean's character were to do something evil, uh, so uh, were to do something evil because he's trying to protect the people in the north, then he would be doing something that could detrimentally affect the rest of uh, the Seven Kingdoms. Um, Varys does things that are evil to benefit the entirety of humanity as he is aware of humanity. That's the distinction I'm making here. Uh, and I, get, I, and I, I, will, I will say that I get that it's a very small one. <clears throat> um, but you, you, there is a distinction... I hate that now I'm only thinking Sean Bean instead of his character's name. You, you've, you've hecked me up. Um, I don't know his character's I'm name. Saying <laughs> Varictor, so I'm saying Varictor and Sean Bean now. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but Varys only does everything to benefit humanity as a whole. And if I'm trying to be empathetic to that cause, I can sort of allow... Amram's actions based on that thought if those are his intentions now if you're saying he does something else that's truly evil and kind of takes that away then I take that back from my original statement about um, about him making that as a decision for good and in that case it was a purely evil decision to be like I want more stuff I want more things I'm taking this stuff I'll put it to you this way I'll put it to you this way If if presented with the opportunity would he have let all those people live if Calvin would have chosen to keep the shard plate and the shard blade? Mm-hmm. And would he have been comfortable and like, yes, this is still the right decision, and I stand by it? Because if he would have been perfectly fine with allowing Kaladin to keep the plate and the blade, um, I'm about to get, I'm about to to make a lengthy explanation here or or a big jump here, and I apologize, but it is important. <clears throat> if he would have been perfectly happy allowing Kaladin 
to keep the plate in the blade and would not have killed anyone and would have gone on going, this was the right decision, then I stand by his decision to kill the other men. And here's one reason why. If you read Prime, in Prime, mm-hmm. the same character with a different name, that is Amaram, mm-hmm. allows the character who's taking the place of, Pal- of Kaladin happily to keep the plate in the blade and you actually spend a good portion of the beginning of prime following this character as he's learning to use the plate in the blade because he keeps them and his commander is happy for him and excited for him and can't wait to see what great things happen to him and i'll go ahead and tell you have you read prime i haven't read prime it's good it's essentially aragon as far as i'm concerned prime is aragon okay um the storyline's the same you're essentially following around aragon i can't remember the character's name now it might even be calvin still i can't remember um but essentially you're following him around as he suddenly launched into this other position suddenly he's more famous suddenly he has the ability he has money he has people going after him he learned to use his new powers and he doesn't know how to do it blah 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 blah. it's aragon and instead of having a dragon he's got a big freaking sword (laughs) all right um, but if Amaram would have happily allowed Kaladin to keep the plate in the blade instead of giving it up like he does, then I can justify Amaram's actions, and I'm done talking. Okay. Uh, Amaram does ha- have a conversation with Sadius. I forget the exact verbiage, but he says something to the effect of, oh, don't worry, Sadius, I've done a very good job of convincing people that I'm a good guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Sure. I'm sure I'll change my opinion after I read. Yeah. I get into book two, but I'm still, that's where I've been sitting this whole time on Amaram. Yeah. But this whole thing, too, that, you know, you said we can justify the actions in this way or that way or potentially do this or that. And, you know, there's there's a way of looking at it where it could be uh, the good thing. And, and of course, going back to Teravangian, this goes all the way back to one of our first couple episodes of um, uh, Mere Christianity when we talked about good like you know if there was just this ultimate good and you know and and, but there was no like driving force of morality behind it just good good without god then who's to say that it is the good that we would want or it is the good you know like there are lots of things that would be that could be considered good but would still be very evil things without the morality of god and it's the you you go back to that same thing so, so this is where this gets very complicated um, and very um, philosophical, mm-hmm. and it, we're going to dive into it now because we started, and there's nothing mm-hmm. else to talk about for part five, so here we go. There is kind of an odd way of answering this, mm-hmm. and since we're bringing up God and talking about God, we'll have to get biblical. Mm-hmm. There are multiple occasions in which God commands people to do evil things. Technically evil, right? Technically evil. Um, we see an example in the Bible of God commanding, it's like, um, wow, I'm getting my, st- I'm too tired and I'm getting my stories mixed up, so please correct me if I'm wrong here and I'll be very ashamed if I am. Um, it's not Saul. Gosh darn it. Why am I thinking it's Saul? Um, is commanded to kill every one, every man, woman, child, all the animals. That was Saul. Okay, good. Oh, good. Um, every man, woman, child, and including the animals. And the person goes, that's terrible. I'm going to keep all the animals. But I'm going <laughs> to sacrifice them to God. That's a terrible thing. <laughs> I will do that. I'll keep all the animals. 
for the animals. Um, uh, and then, of course, and then, of course, the golden jewels. <laughs> um, but in that moment, mm-hmm. God clearly has the greater good in mind. Mm-hmm. But he's asking, but he's he has commanded someone to do evil. So it's 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 pushing your point further. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not counterpointing you here, but it's worth bringing that up if we're going to talk about morality, and we're going to I mean we're bringing God into morality again. Um, <laughs> Almost like you but, can't separate the two. <laughs> oh, um, hot take. Um, but it's the that's kind of where I was coming from for all this. Uh, the greater good. There can be evil things done in the name of greater good. It, 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 and so I was allowing Amaram to still be considered as not the char- not quite the character that Kaladin thinks he is, I'll say. Um, still, obviously, nowhere near perfect because he's not Dalinar. But he, <laughs> he, um, he could have still been fine making the decision that he made. He could have still been an okay character. Yeah. 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 Potentially, yeah. Tyler. Sean. I don't know how we did it. But we're at 57 minutes of recording uh, over part five. It's because we diverted. Mm -hmm. See, sometimes our tangential nature is is beneficial. Look at that. Yes. So that's part five. That's the end of the book. I can't tell you how excited I am that we're done with this, mm-hmm. only because I've been waiting months mm-hmm. to read book two now, and I've <clears throat> I've avoided book two this entire time just so we can do this properly for book two and to, for us to kind of experience it at the same time. And technically, you're, you've experienced a little bit before me. Um, but I am quite excited to start book two. Yep. Okay. So, um, uh, one of us, I'm not going to point fingers. I just, you know, I'm the only room right now. That's uh, true. One of us forgot to upload the past two episodes that we recorded, which means that this is going to episode. If I was, if I do upload them, which I will, and I upload them in order, which I will, um, uh, this episode is actually going to come out like three <laughs> weeks after. But that means, though, uh, if you guys want, we can make the very next episode part two, because uh, if we, uh, you know, uh, we may take a week off of recording, give ourselves two weeks to read and get into the get into the first part of book two. And so now we have, you know, a whole two weeks to to get that read and ready and prepared for you guys. And uh, if it sounds good to you guys, we may make our very next episode about the first part of book two, and then take a little bit of a break from that and maybe get into some games or something. We'll see what happens. But um, uh, if that sounds good to you guys, we may, uh, that, uh, that, that might be what we do. It sounds good to me, mm-hmm. and that's all that matters. <laughs>